You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. You can't turn on the news or scroll through your Facebook feed without seeing bad news. And this time of year, it would be really easy to give out lumps of coal to all the bad out there. But that is not how I roll. So I asked my Facebook friends to share people, organizations, and places who deserve sugar plums instead of lumps of coal for pet-related efforts in 2014. And boy, did they deliver. It was wonderful. I got lots of great stories that I'm going to share with you. So if you're sick of all the negativity out there, this show is going to have you feeling better closing out 2014. And I'm going to share it all when we come back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's DesignerPetSweaters.com, the latest fashion trends for our furry friends. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit DesignerPetSweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. DesignerPetSweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. I was visiting my relatives recently, and they were saying how scary it was to leave the house, that it was almost so scary that they didn't want to leave the house because of all the bad things happening in the community. And it's not like I live in the inner city. I live in a very nice suburb in the middle of South Carolina. We do have crime. We definitely have crime. Every city has crime. But I realized that if you look at the news... That's basically all they talk about. It's this riot and this stabbing and this murder and this abuse and this neglect and this terrible stuff. And if that's all you see, then that's all you believe is out there. Now, I'm not discounting the bad things happen. Yes, of course they happen. And we should obviously pay attention to what's going on in our communities. What I'm saying is I just don't want folks to get so blinded by the bad stuff that they forget there's good stuff going on, too. I tend to be a naturally optimistic person. I am a positive trainer, in fact. But it can be really easy to get swallowed up in all the negativity out there. But I promise you that every day there are good things happening in the world. They're just not always witnessed by news crews. So on my Facebook feed the other day, someone posted that the person ahead of them in the drive-thru, I think it was a coffee store, they pulled up to the drive-thru and they found out that the person ahead of them had paid for their coffee. And they thought that was so sweet for a complete stranger to pay for their coffee that they paid for the person behind them. And it made them so happy to be able to do that. And their hope was that everybody kept paying for the person behind them all the day. And I just thought, you know what, that is so sweet. It was sweet of person to pay for the person behind them. It was sweet of my Facebook friend to pay for the person behind her. And 
no one would have known that happened if it wasn't for social media. Social media can be a beautiful thing. It can be a curse of a thing. Depends on who's behind the keyboard. But no one would have heard about this because there wasn't a news crew there. It was, nobody sent out a press release that they were going to go pay for somebody's drive through costs. So nobody found out about it except my person posted. And it was just a little note and people were liking it and commenting how nice it was. And I just thought, those things happen every day. Let's highlight those things. Let's talk about it. Especially, you know, the end of the year, people can get the blues sometimes. Well, hopefully the stories I'm going to share with you today are going to put a smile on your face instead. So instead, instead of dwelling on all these terrible things, we're going to focus on the positive. And these are the folks who deserve sugar plums instead of lumps of coal. I do have a disclaimer. No one's actually going to receive a sugar plum from me. So if you hear your name on this uh, radio show, please don't expect a sugar plum. It's going to be a virtual sugar plum. Instead, you're going to get a shout out on Pet Life Radio. But I'm not actually going to give out sugar plums. I don't want to get people too excited about that. I will be completely honest and tell you I really wasn't sure what a sugar plum was until earlier today when I realized that if I was going to talk about sugar plums, I really should look up what one was. All I knew was plum was purple. That's my favorite color. And sugar, I'm a big fan. So I figured it had to be enjoyable. But I actually did find out that sugar plums are candy made of dried fruit. And they don't even have to be plums. But it's dried fruit that are rolled into balls or ovals. So now we know what sugar plums are, but please don't expect one. So here are your shout outs on Pet Life Radio and a big thank you to everybody who contributed. We got some great stories about people doing wonderful things for pets. Dawn Gardner writes, Deb Sterling and her sister Joan Stembridge are drive for shelter in Reedsville, North Carolina, just a state away from me. They save over 300 animals out of the Rockingham County Animal Shelter each year. They raise funds and spend their own hard earned money. Deb is a waitress and her sister works at a drugstore. They spend thousands rehabilitating sick dogs only to adopt them out for a very small fee. Every moment of free time is spent saving animals. In the spring, they lost their father, who lived with them and loved the animals just as much as they did. It was a freak accident at their home. As Deb was running to try and help, she slipped and fell. She continued to work and raise money for over a month until the pain in her leg got too bad. The doctor insisted on surgery to repair a torn ligament, but the broken bone just below her knee will never heal right. She will always be in pain, but through it all, she cheerfully works her butt off to save animals. After they lost their dad, they lost two of their fur kids. It's been a very difficult year, but they continue to work. They are completely committed to saving animals. These are the stories that I think are important. People who get through adversity and they still want to help, especially those creatures that cannot help themselves. So to Deb Sterling and your sister, Joan Stembridge, if you're listening, please accept my condolences on your losses. I know this must have been a terrible, terrible year for you with those horrific losses, but I want to thank you for all your efforts for the animals in your community. You are making a difference, especially if you've saved over 300 animals out of the shelter. That's extremely impressive. So kudos to you for work well done. Love that. Aaron Stisser writes a shout out to Sarah Anderson at Boxers and Buddies. I just love that name, Boxers and Buddies. Boxers are great dogs. They're such wiggle butts. I love having them in class because they just wiggle the whole time. They wag with their entire bodies. So I like the name, Boxers and Buddies. Aaron writes, she not only works every day teaching special needs kids, but she dog trains on nights and weekends and runs her own rescue, Boxers and Buddies, saving many lives. 
She works with reactive dogs and their families. She has also gotten many deaf dogs adopted because she is able to teach their new families how easy it is to train them. Plus, she is an awesome friend and mentor. So thanks to Aaron for contributing that information to Sarah Anderson. Shout outs to them for doing a great job. I think it's also great that Sarah works with deaf dogs. A lot of people can be intimidated when they see these dogs that may have special needs and they think that their lives are going to be much more difficult. As someone who used to have a three-legged dog, I can tell you that they adapt so much better than we do. We worry and we fret and we moan and we are so concerned that they're not going to be able to make it day to day and they prove us wrong every single time. I have uh, helped folks who have adopted three-legged dogs or people who've had four-legged dogs that had to lose a leg to surgery get through it. And I, I tell every single one of them, it is going to bother you more than it bothers the dog. The dog doesn't go, oh my gosh, you know, does this make me look fat? Or what's going to happen with this leg? And, you know, am I going to be bad? The dog just goes. They, they're amazing. That goes for dogs who are deaf. It goes for dogs who go blind. They cope amazingly well. It's we who worry about them sometimes unnecessarily. So kudos to folks who work with special needs animals. And I've got a few more to talk about today. Michelle Molnar writes, Susie Zeremy, I may have that pronounced wrong, if so, I'm so sorry. Susie Zeremy at National Purebred Dog Day page is doing amazing things in educating the public on responsible purebred dog ownership. Responsible being the key word there. There are lots of those terrible stories we talked about earlier in the news about people who are not responsible with their pets. So I'm a fan of anyone who teaches people how to be responsible pet owners. Way to go. Suzanne Adams writes, my friend Beth Cochran is an ER vet in North Georgia and has been involved with Southeastern German Short-Haired Pointer Rescue for years. Actually, she's been involved for more than 20 years, I found out. That is a long effort there. Now she is also involved with a pet rehab. Her dedication has literally saved countless pets, both through the clinic and through rescue. She also enjoys obedience, agility, confirmation showing, and other activities with her dogs, and is starting endurance trail riding with her horse. That's impressive. I don't think I want to do much that comes with endurance, the word endurance in it. I don't, I'm kind of a laid-back suburban girl. I don't know about endurance, but I'm very impressed with the people who can. So more great news of someone doing some wonderful rescue efforts. From a bunch of kudos to people, we move to kudos for organizations. Trish Baker, a colleague of mine, writes, Through Attitudes in Reverse, and by the way, that's A-I-R, so they go by air dogs as well. But attitudesinreverse.org certified therapy dogs. They go into schools to help educate about good mental health and suicide prevention. To date, we have presented to over 15,000 young people in a four-year period. Most of you probably know that young people are very susceptible to thoughts of suicide. So her organization is dedicated to going in and teaching kids that there are alternatives to suicide. They have options and they have choices and they can be heard. And it's just a wonderful organization. She writes that dogs go to every presentation. Misha Silverlining is an old Scotch collie, got the sweetest face. I met him at the APDT conference recently. He's got the sweetest face. Was at a middle school. After the presentation, one young boy was running around the room holding Misha's leash. He was laughing and happy. On my trip home, I found out that little boy had lost his mom to suicide only months before. My Misha was able to bring this boy some joy and happiness in spite of his tragic loss. Dogs are good for our mental health. Aren't they, though? Dogs 
are my mental health on, on, on rough days. Trish also writes through Air Dogs, Attitudes in Reverse. Paws for Minds program is successfully rescuing dogs and placing emotional support dogs with people with disabilities. We place approximately two dogs a year, but we provide training through therapy dog level. Volunteer Sharon R. Grant is spending much time fostering and training Sherlock for a future as a psychiatric service dog. Sherlock, at the young age of one, recently passed his AKC Canine Good Citizen test and Bright and Beautiful Therapy Dog test. All work through Air Dogs is done on 100% volunteer basis. No one received a salary for any volunteer work we do. Well, kudos to Air Dogs. You're doing wonderful, wonderful work. And hopefully through listening to the show, other people will find out about these organizations and all the great work that they're doing and be inspired to do work of their own. I'll add to Trish's comment about her organization, a comment from Chantal Cartier. She writes, Teodi, you are actually an important part of Air Dogs, Pause for Minds, and Attitudes in Reverse. Trish Baker and I attended your tug toy making workshop at APDT annual conference in Cincinnati. We used the tugs you taught us to make as fundraising tools. Thanks, Teodi. So that was so sweet. So thank you for including me in your success. That makes me feel very, very, very loved and honored to be a part of such wonderful work. And all I did was teach folks how to make tug toys for their dogs. It was so much fun and it really caught on. I have lots of trainer friends who were making them in classes or using them as fundraisers and so I'm glad that a little craft project turned into something much, much bigger. I've got more wonderful organizations to tell you about when we get back after these messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson, and today we're talking about people 
places and organizations that deserve sugar plums for their pet-related efforts in 2014. We're hearing some wonderful, heartwarming stories about people who are selfless and working really hard in a variety of communities to help the animals in their communities. And these stories just warm my heart, and they make me realize that there is a lot of good in the world. Jamie McKay writes, it's, I'm sorry, it's a website. Jamie McKay writes, www.alternativepet.net accepts senior and special needs Shelties and the occasional Sheltie-like dog. They make every effort to provide care and a great quality of life for these dogs, many of whom are forever fosters. If you've ever heard the term forever foster, these are dogs that are fostered by very kind-hearted people, but they're usually not very adoptable. And again, I mentioned earlier that some people think that it's very hard to adopt a dog with special needs. And it can be. When you have the little cute puppy that's just adorable and healthy, people are going to be drawn to the puppy rather than the poor little older dog or the blind dog or a dog with a disability. But it can be so wonderful to adopt these dogs. So hopefully more and more people will understand that. And I think it is wonderful. I have a very, very huge spot in my heart for older dogs. I think that those little old sweet faces are so wonderful and they've given so much through their lives for people. And so when they get abandoned or when they're now homeless because something has happened to their family, sometimes it's not always willing, sometimes something happens and and the family's not able to take care for the pet or doesn't want to take care for the pet, it's great that there are organizations stepping up to fill that void. Not only were organizations doing great things, but there was actually some good news in legislation. I know, hard to think, right? You think bills in Washington and legislations, it's all bad news. It's all negative. But there was good news out there in 2014. Katina Jones, who has been a guest on this show, writes, Pawtucket, Rhode Island was sued and lost for failing to adhere to Rhode Island's ban on breed-specific legislation. Pities in Pawtucket are celebrating. Good news. Breed-specific legislation is legislation that dictates that certain breeds must be banned to the point where if you are in one of those cities and you have one of those breeds and you pass the deadline, they will come take your dog from you and they will euthanize it or put it in the shelter and you are not allowed to own those dogs. And breed-specific legislation has been proven time and time again to not work. Lawyers have said it. Veterinarians have said it. Very reputable organizations have said it. It comes about from fear. People are afraid and they think that all pit bulls are bad or all pit bull type dogs are bad and so they must be banned. But that's really not an answer to the problem. The answer is dealing with dangerous dogs because that comes in any package, not just pit bull. So way to go, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, being sued and lost for failing to adhere to the Rhode Island's ban on breed-specific legislation. Connie Barada writes, Lee County, Florida just overturned mandatory spay and neuter thanks to many efforts. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, spaying and neutering is good, right? So what's the big deal? Well, spaying and neutering can be very good for your pet. It's really a decision between you and your veterinarian to have that heart to heart about when or if that should happen. But mandatory spay and neuter is not necessarily in the best interests of all pets. Not every pet can be spayed or neutered. Sometimes it's a health risk to that pet. And there also have been some studies that show that waiting to spay or neuter your pet is healthier for that pet. I will tell you that I waited with Sawyer, my Belgian Tavurin. I waited till he was about two and a half. I did neuter him, but I waited until he was fully grown. All his bones had full growth in them. I wanted him to be fully grown before it happened. And if there was a mandatory spay or neuter, if he'd gotten loose and he was picked up by animal control, 
they would have required him to be neutered before he could be returned to me. And because I did it for his health, that would have been a problem for me. I wanted to make sure that he was fully grown before that. And not every dog that gets loose is neglected or has a neglectful owner. Sometimes they just get out. And if you've ever been in that situation, I know how scared you were that your well-loved, beloved pet who is pampered night and day accidentally gets out of the house, sends you on a wild goose chase, you're worried sick, posting flyers, and wouldn't that be heartbreaking if the government told you what condition to get that pet back, especially if it was just an accident, which sometimes it's an accident. Um, the new ordinance requires animal control to warn and educate an owner the first time an animal is picked up, the second time the animal is spayed and neutered. You, know, if you, you do have chronic people who just let their dogs run loose, and then they make more dogs and cats all over the county, and we don't want that. That's not the point. But the point is mandatory isn't necessarily a good thing. Another thing that this ordinance did in Lee County, Florida, was it maintains the anti-tethering provision that prohibits people from leashing unattended animals to inanimate objects so they can't be just tethered outside. So kudos to Lee County, Florida for actually paying attention to legislation. It's really funny how some legislation can kind of sneak by people. The taxes seem to get a lot of attention, but some of these animal-related ones kind of slip in the back door. So it would probably suit you in 2015 to pay attention to those county councils and city councils and state councils and see what pet-related legislation is coming to your area, because sometimes it might surprise you. I remember looking at my local legislation once when a controversial law was coming up, and I was shocked at how many laws were on the books just for hunting dogs. I had no idea. I don't hunt with my dogs, so it never occurred to me. But there was a lot of laws on the books related to pets that I had no idea about. So there's a little project for you over the new year. Go explore your legislative laws. I think some of them might amuse you. Some of them might horrify you. But you can't change them unless you get involved. Earlier in the show, I mentioned pit bulls. And I've got a couple more pit bull related stories here. It's funny because I was once called a pit pusher online. Someone labeled me a pit pusher. And that cracked me up because I've never heard that term before, pit pusher. And then I just kind of liked it. (laughs) I happen to love pit bulls. Are they the perfect dog for every person? No, neither are chihuahuas. Every person needs to research the dog they bring home to make sure that they're the right fit. But uh, I am, I guess, a proud pit pusher. So parents, if you're letting your children listen to the show, please know that I am a pit pusher. I just think that's hysterical. So Susan Fishbein writes, Lance, one of the Michael Vick dogs. We all know, hopefully, about Michael Vick. It was a terrible case where all the dogs were kept for fighting purposes finally got his forever home. Lance got his finally his forever home. His family waited for years to bring him home. They committed to him years ago, but because the court required that all of those dogs had to pass a canine good citizen evaluation before adoption, it took him a long time. He was great with all kinds of animals, but he was terrified of people in a very sweet, heartbreaking way. His family would travel to the best friend's sanctuary to visit him, and they never gave up hope. Kudos to his family and to the best friend's staff that worked very hard to help Lance overcome his shyness to meet the court criteria and be adopted. What a wonderful story. Here is a family that wanted to adopt this dog and give him a loving home, but he had to be brave enough to pass a test first, and it took him years to pass this test, and they waited for him. How wonderful is that? So, yay, Lance. I hope you're having a happy holiday. I will tell you that I have evaluated pit bulls coming out of fighting rings locally and been consulted on some things. And they're not 
what the media would have you think. There are some that are not appropriate for homes, but a lot of the ones that I've evaluated locally were terrified of people. They were so poorly socialized that I had to stop the test at certain times because I just didn't want to put them in any more panic. They were absolutely terrified of people. And it just broke my heart to see them because you're supposed to be this big, strong dog that terrifies people and was absolutely scared of me the entire time. So good for Lance. Trish McMillan Laura writes, I know Bully Project has some great tales behind some pictures. And she says that they do great work for pit bulls in the New York area, I believe they are. I looked up their website. Trish adopted her pit bull from Bully Project. His name is Theodore. He has his own Facebook page, by the way, Pibbling with Theodore. And I'm a huge fan of Theodore. He is an awesome pit bull. He came from a fight ring, and he loves animals. He loves people. He is just the sweetest, most handsome dog you've seen. And I looked up Bully Project, and their mission was great. It says to end dog fighting in New York City and promote responsible pet ownership. Awesome mission statement. Their work, they wrote, the purpose is what drives animals and people. Watching the discipline, hard work, and dedication in a pit bull is a beautiful thing. Bully Project provides outlets for this competition and creativity using agility, weight pull, flying disc, other sports to develop positive relationships between people and their dogs. This is a great, great purpose. All of our dogs need something to do. They need ways to interact with us that are appropriate. And if you have a dog that is tearing up your house or chewing your couch or jumping on grandma, you need to give that dog training. And you also need to give that dog an outlet for that energy. Instead of getting angry with them and yelling at them all the time, what we do is we teach them to do things that we like better. And this mission statement is great. Pit bulls are strong. They like to tug. They like to pull. And this gives them outlets and teaches people that you don't have to fight them to enjoy them. You can do all these wonderful things with them. They also promote training, which you know I'm a big fan of that. Their website says, we cannot get down to it until we have the basics. Obedience training is, an assen- is essential in any pet, and working with dog trainers to keep dogs and people rooted in the essentials brings value and intention to working and playing. So, yay to Bully Project for the work that they do. Pit bulls have gotten a bad rap over the years, and they are abused by many, many people. So, these folks are making a difference. Other organizations for a variety of breeds, Karen Peek writes about Virginia Federation of Dog Clubs and Breeders. They have been fighting tirelessly for fair pet laws that cover pet owners, rescues, and breeders. They also want those who are not ethical, etc. to be held accountable. Awesome stuff. These are the folks who are paying attention to the legislation in their areas. Kim Silver writes, My organization, No Kill Pima County in Tucson, Arizona, has developed a pet owner resource directory and a help desk at our open admission municipal shelter. We call the directory SOS Support Options Solutions. Oh, SOS, Support Options Solutions. I get it now. And the purpose is to inform owners about resources and other options than surrendering an animal at the shelter, regardless if it is owned or stray. Currently, we can only staff the help desk 6 to 10 hours a week with volunteers, but our diversion rate is currently 32%. Imagine what could be accomplished if we were there every hour of open intake. Way to go. There's a link that she gave us, nokillpimacounty.org. That's P-I-M-A, Pima. It could be Pima, sorry. NoKillPimaCounty.org and then slash get hyphen help. So that is outstanding. Some people drop their pets off at a shelter because they are neglectful or the puppy wasn't cute anymore. Yes, those people exist, but some people don't know what to do. The dog is out of control 
or they don't have the financial means anymore. And if you've ever spent time in an animal shelter and see the people in tears and just devastated that they feel a need that that is the only option that they have, it will change your mind about people who drop them off sometimes. They're not all evil. Sometimes bad things happen. And it is wonderful that this organization is helping people realize that there may be options out there and, and trying to keep those pets in the home. Lisa Mossing writes that Donna Ezell with Carolina Poodle Rescue Rehab Sanctuary in Pacolet, South Carolina. Again, if I mispronounce these things, I'm so sorry. They're a nonprofit, no-kill, limited-entry private rescue group, solely dependent on charity volunteers and donations. Their mission is to rescue, rehabilitate, offer permanent sanctuary, and when appropriate, rehome needy poodles and small dogs. They encourage the human-animal bond by promoting activities that serve to bring animals and their people closer together. And Lisa adopted her beautiful poodle, Anastasia, from this organization. And she was seized in a federal abuse case and then surrendered to this organization. And because of that, she was rehabilitated and unbeknownst to anyone when she was turned over to this organization that Anna was pregnant with a litter of 11 dead puppies and she was septic. And if she had not undergone a routine spay before she could adopt her, it would have been very tragic for this dog. So I'm so glad that Lisa found a family member to love and kudos to Carolina Poodle Rescue for helping save Anastasia and all the other poodles in their care. Kristen Ellenberg McLean writes, there's a great story about a rescue dog named Clayton that English Springer Rescue America saved. There's a Facebook page, and he was a Garden and Gun Good Dog Contest winner. Now, for those of you listening not from the South, we actually have a magazine called Garden and Gun. I didn't even know this either, but there's a magazine called Garden and Gun, and, and that's what he won this contest. Great story of a rescue organization at its best and how one dog brought together a huge group of people to become kind of a family. His story is why many, including myself, are now fostering. So Kristen was inspired to foster because of this. That's awesome. Blue Ridge Gal on Facebook writes, Kudos to a local organization in my hometown of Bristol, Tennessee, and Virginia. Chain Free Bristol is dedicated to banning the lifetime unattended chaining or tethering of dogs. They've worked relentlessly in their efforts to inform dog owners of other options, build fences to release dogs in, and attempt to persuade city officials to change the laws so that canines will not serve a life sentence on a chain. Studies have shown that dogs' aggression can increase when they're chained. And there are some organizations throughout the country that are working to help build free fences for people or give them tethers or different things that they can use so that the dog doesn't end up just tanking behaviorally because of this life. So way to go. Love that. Chain Free Bristol. Barbara Brill writes, Houston Collie Rescue and its many volunteers stepped up to save 126 collies from a breeder who was charged with neglect. That's 126 lassies, folks. Former adopters offered foster homes. The collies have almost all been placed in new homes. This was a massive undertaking. I can't even imagine 126 collies. That's wonderful. So kudos to Houston Collie Rescue. Renee Doms writes, Positively Unleashed trains volunteers to train dogs at the Southwood County Humane Society, so they have enrichment and skills to make them more adoptable. It's true that when you go to a shelter or a rescue organization and you see these dogs throwing themselves at the kennels and barking and spinning and acting crazy, they're much less likely to be adopted. People don't get drawn to that. They like the little sedate ones. So the more dogs in shelters can get some basic training, the more likelihood they are to find their families. They could be great dogs, but their behavior just doesn't show it because they're cooped up and they haven't been trained. So wonderful organization. 
And last but not least, Karen Peake writes Blue Ridge Blood Bank. They send blood donations from my region to veterinarians all over the USA. Did you know that dogs are also blood donors? When dogs are hit by cars or require some sort of complex surgery, sometimes they need blood just like people do. And some veterinarians have their own blood donor dogs, usually from staff or maybe their own dogs that they use as blood donor dogs. And they are very safe about it. It's a very humane thing. They're not (laughs) done against their will. They probably get lots of cookies. But... This particular place, Blue Ridge Blood Bank, sends blood donations to veterinarians all over the United States because not every veterinarian clinic has access to blood. And so these veterinarian clinics are benefiting from Blue Ridge Blood Bank, which is hard to say, from their efforts because they're able to save a lot more dogs. So it's amazing how animals are able to contribute back. All these wonderful people that we've talked about today, all the wonderful organizations that we've talked about today, well, here are animals and just getting a bunch of cookies for having some blood taken and they're helping other dogs all over the place. That just warms my heart. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed and helped me focus on the positive as we close out the year. You all deserve credit for being able to focus on the bright side of things. And hopefully, my wish for you is that you'll continue to share these good stories on your Facebook pages, in your social media, at your local water cooler, with your friends throughout the new year. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the good stories finally overtook the bad? I think we can do it. Before I wrap up, I just want to say it's been a privilege sharing time with you in 2014, and I'm really looking forward to sharing more with you in 2015. I've got some ideas for some great shows that are going to highlight the relationships we have with our pets, along with more training tips for helping make life easier with them. If you'd like to reach me, you can do so at Teoti, T-E-O-T-I, at PetLifeRadio.com. You can find my Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Anderson, or on the website at GetPositiveResults.com. Also, please consider picking up a copy of my latest books, Animal Planet's Dogs 101 Dog Training and the Dog Fancy Ultimate Guide to Dog Training. Thank you to my producers for helping me put the show together. Once again, this is Teodi Anderson on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I wish you and your families a safe, happy, and healthy holiday and new year. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 